0: Hi, and welcome back to Feed the i I'm Adela, founder of Podcast Brunch Club, and I'm here with my co-host, Lauren Pissell, founder of Tink Media and writer of two podcast newsletters. For those of you who are new here, here's the deal. Lauren and I each have our own podcast projects, which you can find out about in the show notes. But needless to say, we listen to a ton of podcasts. So we're using this podcast as a way to showcase
1: our favorites it's like going to a podcast buffet. You can taste test episodes here. And if you want to go in for second helpings, you can go subscribe directly to that show. We're about to play an entire episode of a podcast, but stay until the very end where we'll offer some extra podcast love.
0: Yeah. So today we're featuring an episode of Other Men Need Help. So Other Men Need Help is a narrative nonfiction podcast, and it's hosted by Mark Pagan, who is an award-winning filmmaker, audio producer, writer, educator, the whole... he, He runs the gamut. The show uses personal storytelling to dissect the ways that men move through the world. And I personally love it because it allows men to be vulnerable in a way that they're often punished for.
1: The thing I love about it is although it touches upon serious topics, it's hilarious. I think Mark was also a comedian. It's very funny. And it's just great to hear men talk about these things. I don't hear them talking about this stuff anywhere else. and I'm just hoping it's prompting conversations all over the world so that men feel like they can talk about other stuff. Like In this episode, you're about to hear is called I Miss You, period. And it talks about why it's taboo for men to say, I miss you to one another. Can you imagine, Adela, I say I miss you and I love you like every day. Like, Can you <laughs> imagine if I didn't say that to you? So this story is told from the perspective of two friends who have managed a long-term relationship for over 15 years.
0: Right. So before we start, a huge thanks to Clever.fm for sponsoring this season of Feed the Queue. Clever.fm is a podcast app that is geared for the super listener. You can visit clever.fm to learn more. Okay, now here's the episode.
2: Last year, I was replying to an email that my friend Sam had sent me. Sam and I have been friends for six or seven years now. The main thing you need to know about Sam is he's open and progressive. We eat nachos and talk about feelings. He's a great guy. The email he sent was longer than usual because it was a bit of a catch-up. It had been a while since we talked. My reply was just as long. Here's what's been happening in my life. Did I tell you got a new job? I'm moving, that sort of stuff. When I got to the bottom of the email, I wrote, I miss you. No man, no dude, no bro, just I miss you, period. And right before I hit send, those three words went off like an alarm. I miss you. I miss you. I miss you. I want to say I lingered on them, but I find my real reaction more concerning than that. Lingering implies I was processing and analyzing them like a thoughtful, perhaps emotional person. But what happened instead was almost like my brain was saying to me, Mark, I can't let you do that. Those words will compromise the mission. So right before I sent the email, I erased the words, I miss you. Maybe it felt too weak to say I miss you, but then when I erased it, it was worse, robotic, like, okay, job done here, time to power down. And this wasn't the first time. No. No. I've been holding the stress of I misuse in my body. It was bothering me, and I was tired. And so are my keyboards just begging me to stop deleting words that express affection for men in my life. Men who I miss, oh, powering down. I'm Mark Pagán, and you're listening to Other Men Need Feelings.
3: Mal <laughs> <laughs> Já disse que meu nome é
4: Valdomiro. <laughs>
2: I wasn't looking for someone to talk about this with. But soon after this email to Sam, I came across a Facebook post from my friend Darnell. It's a selfie of Darnell and another man. The background looked like a hotel lobby, and I had zero context of who these two men were to each other. But the caption on this selfie used the words, I miss him. And with that photo, well, here's the thing. When I see a man publicly saying, I miss this person, I predict a memorial or get well soon or this guy accomplished something major. And my prediction is usually right because those are the only ways that you use language to talk about a male friend in public posts. You died your appendix burst, you passed the bar. Signed, I miss you, your friend. And there was no death or graduation implied. In fact, nothing dramatic at all. So what prompted it? I wanted to poke around in Darnell's business a bit, so I gave him a call to find out who this lucky fellow was that got Darnell's affection. Darnell lives in DC. He's single, but lives with a loud-ass roommate. Do you? Is there something on in the background? Is there like an air thing?
5: Oh, you know what? It's, it's my dog snoring. Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was really touched by what you wrote uh, a few days ago. I want you to talk a little about your friendship with, um, what's his name? His name's Demetrius. Soon after chatting with Darnell, I got Demetrius on a video call. If there's a Demetrius vibe, it comes across right away. I've got this big, <laughs> floofy mic here, so...
6: what's, what's kind of kinky. <laughs> I was like, what did, he, what did Darnell get me into?
2: <laughs> Demetrius and Darnell met in D.C., the first time they met, they went out, and Demetrius got super tanked at an old club in DC called The Edge. He
5: threw up in my car that day, that we like hung out together as friends for the first time. Wait and a then second. I was like,
2: okay. Wait, the first uh, time you guys hung out, he threw up in your car. I'm
5: driving him home, and he's just like zomped out, like completely just out. And um, and we go over a speed bump, and he like throws up in my car, and I'm just like, oh, okay.
2: Do you remember throwing up in his car?
6: Yes. (laughs) He's supposed to forget stuff like that.
2: This is the dynamic between the two of them.
5: That's what I've had to deal with for 15 years of our friendship. He calls us the Delaney sisters.
2: Darnell is talking about a play called Having Our Say, The Delaney Sisters' First 100 Years. It's an oral history of a century of life between two Black sisters born in the South after the Civil War.
6: It was in the end of college uh, at this time I saw this play. And there was just two women on the front stoop talking about their childhood, just all the random things that have happened, their love lives, their husbands. And they're on the stoop, on this stage, the whole entire play. And I said, it's going to be us when we get older, just... Uh, That's where I saw our friendship back then, and that's how I still see it now. And that's sort of like a reference. I go to like, Darnell, you know where the Delaney sisters.
2: Darnell's post came from a weekend reunion, which was the first time they'd seen each other since Demetrius had left D.C. and moved to Boston. What's the most accurate way you would describe how you were feeling either when he told you or when he left? Well, I mean,
5: I'm going to say this word, but I don't... Abandon, abandonment in a sense of like not him abandoning me, but in a sense of like of having to start all over in a sense of like trying to recreate that same kind of fun feeling with someone else.
2: And that's as good a place as any to talk about what Darnell posted. I want you to go to your profile. I want you to go to the post that you made on August 26th.
5: I wrote, hang game with this one in Cambridge, Massachusetts. 15 years of friendship, and we always find ways to laugh and enjoy the simple things in life, as well as laugh at some of the silly obstacles we've both encountered. I haven't left yet, but I miss him already.
2: What prompted you to write
5: that? I just wanted to share, you know, how beautiful our friendship is and has grown and nourished, and it just is something that could be a model for how other people can have those strong connections and friendships with each other. Like, and also to show that we're not on some island posting or, or in some sort of like European extravagant event. We're in a freaking hotel. We're, we're at a, a courtyard and he's at work. I see that
2: Demetrius at least saw it. Tell me, read, read me <laughs> his later. response here. Read me what he said.
5: I'm just seeing this, LOL, SMH. (laughs) We're just so like him. (laughs) Like, weeks later, like, recognizing something.
2: Am I the only one who thinks what Darnell posted was a bit out of the ordinary? That it made me question whether I would ever share a sentiment like that. Would this post resonate with other people?
4: Hanging with this one in Cambridge, Mass. Hanging with this one in Cambridge, Cambridge, Massachusetts. Massachusetts.
3: 15 years of friendship. 15 years of friendship. And we we always always find ways to to laugh laugh
6: and enjoy the simple things in life. As well as laugh at some of the silly silly
2: obstacles we we both both encountered. I haven't left yet.
4: I haven't left yet. I haven't left yet, but I miss him already.
2: And most people's responses were similar. Variations of...
6: Oh,
0: I miss him already.
6: Ah, that's sweet. Well, I think it's sweet. It kind of uh, pulls on my heartstrings.
1: Just looking at these two and reading that, I almost get choked up thinking about that relationship that I have with so many wonderful
2: friends that I've met in my life. Some didn't think it was such a big deal. It sounds pretty normal to me.
0: It's kind of cool how they've been able to be friends for 15 years.
2: Some took it more personally.
4: If I really like Darnell and I like hanging with Darnell and he doesn't really have time for me, um, right? or or we fall out of touch, I'm like, why is he hanging out with this dude Demetrius?
3: I think immediately I would read this and think uh, these two dudes are married to white girls and they have to deal with dumb stuff all the time.
2: And then the responses got closer to what caught my attention in the first place.
0: It's a little wordy, I feel like, for a man. I would expect something, like, very short of, like, this is my boy.
6: It's also um, more emotion than you really see two male friends expressing. I hate to say this, but, like, I don't know, I feel like, we're not really socialized and taught to like love each other, like show so much love with with each other like that so openly and so freely. Even
2: for a heart on a sleeve guy like Darnell, a sentiment like this isn't the easiest thing to express. Before you post something like that, do you as a man have any reservations about showing that level of tenderness publicly?
5: No, I I do. And I, I think it's, I mean, it's cultural based, right? I'm a male, I'm a black male, I'm a black gay male. So there's different layers to that. One, I have my family members, you know, from the South Carolina, love them to death, but I'm sure that they come with their own perceptions of like how men should be with each other. Um, I have coworkers, you know, I worked with the Navy. So there's a lot of, you know, conservative viewpoints. I do kind of think strategically, like, what do I want to put out there that kind of represents me? I had struggled communicating with men, and I still do till this day. And then, you know, the obstacle of, like, also being gay. So that was was the biggest thing. And probably the biggest reason why I didn't have those sound relationships with men was because I was always afraid of, like, being discovered and people finding
2: out. What Darnell said about being found out clarified something for me. Something I'd been searching for and the responses to this post. Like, even talking to myself, I was tiptoeing around it. What I know I experienced as a boy, which is at a certain age, when I expressed care or affection for another kid, I feared being called gay or soft or any number of similar labels. So, I dropped being vulnerable to friends at that time. I wasn't the only one. If I were to look at this when I was 12 or 13 years old, right, I would look at this and be like, oh, that's so gay. And obviously now that would be offensive to people, and it it is offensive, but at that time it was just like, you know, that's so gay, that's just so weird. But that's not how I look at it now.
3: Being in the back of the bus and saying something like, oh, man, I miss Seth and him. Like, I could just hear my buddies be like, oh, you, oh, blah blah, 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 And it was just like a pure like roast session at that point. I never feared getting beat up because someone thought that I was gay. It was all just verbal. It was all like, oh, we finna throw these hot ones at you. Oh, we're coming at you with these jokes for days.
2: I remember just having a friend here in my parents' building Me and him used to hang out all the time. You know, like, I loved him like a brother. I respected him a lot. But I knew if I say something like that, my other friends with the neighborhood would be like, oh, man, you're gay. Or I had to be mindful of what I said and how I said it. And I just remember one time, one of my friends, we were all hanging out, and this one kid, he was just like, damn, man, do you love him or something?
4: Like, you're always with him.
2: And decades later, even after years of education and therapy and maturity and yada, 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 I think that early culture of homophobia has been internalized to the point where I have an issue with saying, well, what exactly? Would you say I miss you, and would you also say I miss you, without the dude or man attached at the end. I think that's probably the...
6: <laughs> the, <laughs> the caveat there.
2: I have a really good friend in India where, yeah, we, when we sign off or when we're texting, then it'll be like, miss you, man. Do you let it land just as, I miss you? <laughs> probably not. I think uh, you would try to sort of diffuse it a bit
6: and make it seem a little less needy.
2: Instead of me
5: saying, hey, I miss you. It's like, I ain't seen you in a while.
6: You know, even if I said I miss them, I'll kind of be like they're there in person, haven't seen each other in a while. We're doing something like, oh, I miss you. (laughs) You know, not a kind of a, oh, I miss you.
2: Erasing the words I miss you in my email to Sam really troubled me. Not because I couldn't say it. It troubled me because not being able to say, I miss you, well, I felt like it was tied to that early fear of being called gay. And the fucked up thing is that it wasn't fear of Sam thinking I was gay or calling me gay or someone else reading it and saying, you're soft. These fucking adolescent restrictions have carried over into adulthood and made it so that I don't expect an affectionate reply. It's not someone screaming a slur at me that I'm afraid of. It's the absence of returned vulnerability. And it's driving me crazy. When I showed people Darnell's post, I got tons of responses, lots of reflection, but I loved a philosophy that Les, who was one of our interview subjects, has held in his life.
1: My mom told me once, that's the greatest compliment somebody can give you, is that they end the conversation with, I miss you. She said, that, that really says something. So um, they give it that way.
2: Is Demetrius back there? Yes. I went to Boston to visit the infamous Demetrius in the flesh. I figured if it's about receiving the words, I miss you, let's chat with someone who I know has received it. He was working his late shift at the hotel. Can I, I'm Mark. Yeah. yeah. Hey. hey. Mark,
6: how are you? Got a little thing going. It's good to see I know. I'm trying to grow a beard out. This is my first time ever. And you're short. I am short. Sure. <laughs> that's, that's the
2: first time anybody who's ever
6: met me I said that like, oh, I recognize you, but you're
2: He sorry. did not yeah.
3: disappoint.
6: The Welcome back. California. This is the hotel. This is where, this is the this is where it yeah. happens. This is where all the this magic happens magic. and all the cussing outs happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you guys get a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Of course. Demetrius
2: had just gotten back from D.C. and was being a little coy about what the reunion was like with Darnell. But when he finally opened up, it was clear how much the words in Darnell's earlier post had affected him.
6: I was shocked, because, I mean, he... He's emotional, but not emotional to the point where he's expressing like that on social media, so I was shocked when he put that. I was like, oh, oh, you really do love me, although I know he does. You know, does miss me, and I miss him too, obviously.
2: Are you his closest friend, you think?
6: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think so. And vice versa. Yeah.
2: Besides going to see Demetrius, I wanted to visit the setting of the photo and post that started the whole thing. We have to recreate the picture that you guys took with the two of us, and I want to send that to Darnell.
6: Yeah.
2: I hate taking selfies. Me too. (laughs) Well, you and I just did something very painful. (laughs) Alright, I'm gonna send this to him. Okay. Without any context.
4: Okay.
6: Wait. Oh he responded already. Oh look at you two at oh, again. Make sure he does some work. He's such a chatty cat. <laughs>
2: Now, it was time to fess up to the guy that started this whole thing, my friend Sam. And really, it's all his fault. He's the one who sent the initial email.
4: And so I got to the end of the
2: email and I wrote the words, I miss you, and I erased it before I sent it.
4: I definitely would not have had any sort of negative response had you signed off that email, I miss you. On the contrary, it would have made me feel very warmly towards you and you know looked forward to the next time we grabbed a beer do you can you say i miss you is that something that's hard for you my gut response when you asked the question was no i would be happy to say i miss you to a dear friend who i hadn't seen but then i was trying to figure out if i've ever actually done it <laughs> and i don't know if i have i i think I'm finding myself having a reaction as we're talking about it that is like, I would like to think that it has nothing to do with my resistance to saying I miss you, but I'm sure that it does. I think a flash that goes across my mind when I have a thought like, man, I haven't seen this one friend in a while, and we always have a great time when we get together. I'd really love to see him. There's, like, a little roadrunner that speeds behind my eyes that's like, is that because you want to kiss him? Like, is that because you want to touch his body? Like, that would be awful. So that better not be the reason that you want to spend time with him. And it's like, what is that? What What is that? But I think what it what it really is, is if you want this closeness with this person... You will scare him away, and he will no longer want to hang out with you. And then you'll be alone. Because there are only two options. One is, you know, you have to be in obsessive, lustful, romantic love with this person, or you have to have this artificial barrier up where you can't actually convey how much emotional weight they hold in your life.
2: As I expected, Sam, the thoughtful friend, had a zillion thoughtful things to say, including his own struggles with the language of care. What's
4: the hardest thing to say to another to a friend of yours? I think I need you. I don't know it. Just as you were talking, I was thinking it's it's a very existential need cuz you know it's like with a romantic partner saying i need you it's a little bit more concrete with a friend who you don't have that braided life with it's so profound what you're asking for but you can't really define why it matters it's like i just need i can't lose you from my solar system you know like i can't have that i can't have that light go out i mean i guess i i want to say To you, my old friend, I need you, and I say I need you not in the sense that I'm not feeling seen by you, but rather like, I just want you to know that our friendship matters to me and I need you in my life and I I don't ever want to take that for granted.
2: Thank you for saying that, and I feel the same way. I need you too, and I, I really need this friendship. Yeah, I, I officially, um, yeah, I do miss you. And I really miss seeing you. And I'm, I look forward to when we can actually see each other again. Yeah, me too. No social media posts about this phone call with Sam. But if I did post one, it would sound something like this. Just finished chatting with my friend Sam. He's thoughtful and considerate. A great guy. I miss him. And I wouldn't have been able to say that as easily without the quiet revolution that my friend Darnell started last year. By publicly sharing affection towards his best friend Demetrius, Darnell shows all of us how easy it can be to open up. To Darnell and Demetrius, I wish you a hundred years of your own Delaney sister stories, and hopefully only a few, will involve Demetrius throwing up and Darnell's car. Oh my god, okay, Demetrius is here and um, yay! He
5: is so loud. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm excited to see him actually. Uh, all right, okay, guys, can a girl open a door?
3: To have her Hello, hey! Sadie,
5: okay, uh, my dog, <laughs> you greet my dog before you greet me. Danny! You are the worst. <laughs> Hi. You always coming in with a bottle, too.
6: You're growing a beard,
5: too. I am. I don't know what to do with it. never <laughs>
6: <laughs> never. Either that or you're trying to here. become a black Amish. No. <laughs> what is this that you got? I do Look at my mom. Why I look like it's full on this side, but this side look like it... Because it... you got alopecia on the left, <laughs> on the left side of you cheat.
5: Uh, if only this house was flawless... But it's not right What's now wrong with it? i have a mouse problem <gasps> where <laughs> you do i do will you Ooh. calm down first of all first of all the traps are down don't worry like the traps are already down
6: why do you have a mouse in here but because they're
5: drilling across What's because so the neighbors have oh new.
6: Yeah, they they're probably out there yeah. I'm
2: sure. Reaching to my- I'm mm-hmm. This episode was written, hosted, and produced by Mark Bagan. Our season's lead producer is Caitlin May Burke, and our producers are Ben Goldberg and Rebecca Seidel. Rebecca is our lead engineer and was the story editor for this episode. So Ciotapia is our intern this season. Valentina the Pigeon is our production mascot. You can see what she looks like if you go to our Other Men Need Help Instagram page. Music for this season comes from Fulton Street Music Group. Composed by Ed Duran, produced by Alex Fulton, with additional instrumentation from Ryan Chamberlain and Liam Moore. Additional music for this episode provided by Blue Dot Sessions. Story consulting for this episode from Nicole Hill, who just launched a great show called The Secret Adventures of Black People. If you like our show, I highly suggest you check it out. Season 3 illustrations done by the talented hands of Carmela Calder. Special thanks to Darnell and Demetrius and my friend Sam Dingman, who hosts and produces a lovely podcast called Family Ghosts. If you love the show, take a few seconds and go to Apple Podcasts right now and give us a rating. And if you want to help out even more, give us a review. This helps people find the show and get excited about it. And if you email us a screenshot of your rating or review, we'll send you an Other Men button. Seriously. Email us at othermenneedhelp at gmail.com. We'll be back in a few weeks. And until that time, adios. Ciao, ciao. Bye. I want you to give me your best Darnell impression?
6: (laughs) I never never did Darnell's impression. Oh, God. Okay, so my name is Darnell, and, you know, I'm a little corny, but, you know, I live in Southeast D.C., and I do real estate really well, so, you know, that's pretty much it.
5: (laughs) It would be something like,
6: Hey!
5: (laughs) did you know you have to pay for uber oh my god (laughs) i didn't know that i didn't know you had to i thought it was a free service okay now i'm really making him sound dumb
0: and we're back so what did you think We hope you liked it. And if you do, we really want you to go do two things right now. The first is subscribe to Other Men Need Help. And the second is let us know you subscribe to Other Men Need Help. We'll include all of the links to subscribe and ways to get in touch with us in the show notes, which just a caveat real quick. I want to make sure that everybody listening knows what I mean when I say show notes. So you do not have to go to the internet and look up somewhere that we've put these notes. It should be right there in your podcast app of choice. I can't think of a single podcast app that doesn't have it. And if you don't know how to access it, just email us. Lauren's going to give you the email address later. You can email us and we'll try and
1: help you. You can ask us anything with that email address. (laughs) (laughs) So now let's give a chef's kiss to a few more shows. Uh, Adela, what extra podcast love do you want to give?
0: Okay. So I want to recommend Deeply Human. It is done by a woman named Dessa, who is a singer, songwriter, rapper. She's really great. And every episode explores like one aspect of human behavior. And I love podcasts because I usually learn something from almost every podcast I listen to. And this show is no exception. So like sample... Episodes are things like dance, like why do humans dance? How did it start? What's the history of it? She's got an episode about standing in line. Like, why do we stand in line? How did that happen? Menopause, why do we like sad music? And so it's all these different topics where she explores human behavior in this really interesting way. And she talks to researchers and people that are tied to it in some way. So that would be my recommendation.
1: Deeply human. Not the most important part, but her voice is luscious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would listen to her probably talk about anything. Okay, I want everyone to go type in your app in your hands. And this is Lizzie Cooperman's like choose your own adventure podcast, except it's choosing Lizzie's adventure. She's putting her life in our hands. So every episode, she says, Okay, listeners, should I take path A or path B? Then on her Instagram, you go vote and then she does whatever wins and she has to do it. So one was, should I go out with this guy? And one was, should I start an OnlyFans account? One was, should I get a piercing or should I get a job at Coldstone Creamery? Like it's hysterical. And this show is everything. So she lets us vote. But then she talks to her like comedian friends like Nikki Glazer, about what they think she should do. Then she interviews experts. Like she'll call up a life coach and be like, so what does this do? How much does it cost? She does the research. Then she lets us vote. Then the next episode, she comes back. And reports on it. And it's everything. It is, you have to listen to every episode to keep up. It's live happening live in real time. And it's the interesting part that I didn't expect was that I feel like we're learning more about us because I feel like we're picking the wrong decision for her every time. <laughs> so I think we really want to see a juicy story. I don't know if everyone has. Uh, Lizzie in mind, but I can't stop listening. And it's like nothing else I've ever heard.
0: That sounds so much fun.
1: I'm definitely gonna go and download that right now. Thank you. I demand all of you. (laughs) Okay, so listener, what do you want people to listen to? If you're loving a podcast that you want more people to know about, let us know. And that email address is feedtheq at gmail.com. And in case you're wondering, Q is Q-U-E-U-E, or you can reach out to us on social media. All the links are in the show notes. Thanks and happy listening.